Um, but please note that the hotel options at Roteland are uh, Boar House, where you there's no food and no blankets. And you might get um, murdered. And you might get murdered. Or uh, a tree house in Trahog. That's it. But we don't want anyone staying there. Like We have like you, a fake castle. You don't have like a, boat, like, like a houseboat you could stay on? <laughs> yeah, Hotel you should boat. bring your own boat. Do you not yeah. get like a shitty pallet in the walls with spiders crawling on you or something? That yeah. you have to pay so much money for that. That's like, that's <laughs> yeah, like 600 a night. Edge. Yeah, that's yeah. the immersion experience, and it costs top dollar. <laughs> At 3 a.m., someone will there. knock on the wall. You can't, you can't get to Realm of the Elderlings land without a ship. An old-timey yes, yeah, ship. An old or if you happen to have a helicopter shaped like a dragon that you can fly in on, or that will just drop you <laughs> into... I think it has to drop you unceremoniously into some water. Yeah, it just, it's like, and you can go through the roof of the mother house. I would love to be paid minimum wage to pour gallons of acid into a river um, for you. (laughs) God. I'm going to track down Dolly Parton and I'm going to ask her how she does it. I'll just do face painting. I'll paint dragon scales on people. Yes, I love it. We all have our skills. Fine. Yep. It's great. You'll see us when COVID's over. Roteland, it's happening. Whether, oh, my job there's got to be some. There's going to be some land in Texas we can rent. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 56, Fool's Fate, chapters 5 through 9, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm the only new read- uh, new- I'm the only new reader this week. Why is that so much for me to say? Oh, God. Joey is off making- holiday memories for tv so i'm the second time audiobook listener for this episode yes you're holding it down for the audiobook listeners so i've got no corrections omissions and announcements we're perfect so shall we move on to this adventure chapter five is departures in the intro trini clues us into skill users who are magic in bed that is, those who specialize in changing dreams, or as Trini calls them, melatonin masters. These sorcerers often call, <laughs> or so often bad. solos, probably because they're always fucking with everybody else's sleep and nobody wants them around. But they can be incredibly powerful. A lord who dreams of ominous portents may call off an attack. Dismayed heroes may find that they have the heart to continue after an encouraging night's sleep. So, after telling Swift to scamper home, Fitz seeks out Shade to tell him the frightening news that Webb knows he's Fitz's chivalry. Shade is dismayed both by this and that Webb is at the heart of what is now unofficially being called Dutiful's Witted Coterie. Shade feels excluded, and he's super pouty about it. Fitz (laughs) contemplates that if the wit runs in the Farseer line, uh, you know, is it because it is from him or is it from like the piebald prince but like 
Dum Dum, it's there now. Why are you? Why? Who cares where it came from? Um, it's there. Because he wants to know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Himself. So the next day, Fitz visited Hat for a bit, and the kid talked about Svanya for a while, and I nodded off. Afterwards, Fitz <laughs> set about moving into the Maiden's Chance, which is the main ship in Dutiful's little fleet. After stashing his four belongings below deck, Fitz <laughs> goes topside, and he finds himself staring at Lord Golden attempting to enter the ship. Only his name isn't on the list, and he's stuck on the dock. LG orders all his staff to drop his shit right there on the dock and causes a traffic jam. <laughs> he then calls someone. He calls for someone with brains to sort all this out and looks right at his BF and he winks. <laughs> Fitz, being a coward with no brains, had been hoping this impromptu sabbatical to Norway would mean that he wouldn't have to talk to LG about his breakup. Uh... Thinking his plan may still work, Fitz retreats to Buckkeep with his tail between his legs. That night, just before falling to sleep, Fitz skills out to Nettle. Werewolf Fitz rendezvous with Dream Master Nettle, who is garbed entirely in butterflies. The conversation is almost entirely Fitz exclaiming over dream shit and Nettle going, It's a dream, duh. Um, but then Fitz tells Nettle that her brother is on his way home. And they discuss dragons for a bit. Once Fitz leaves the dream, he goes to one of his own, and he promptly dies from falling, while <laughs> Nettle is in the background yelling at him to be better at dreaming. <laughs> in the morning, it's time to board the ship, and everyone is in a shitty mood. Fitz complains about how this is his last good meal for a while. Soldiers complain that they're out in their out-island-proof clothing. Is this a taste of things to come? Once on board the ship, Fitz gets to hang out with the talkative 20-year-old named Riddle, who is constantly tapping his foot, waxing his mustache, and snapping selfies. Riddle gives Fitz pomade so that he won't look like a farmer. He also gives us the gift of such lovely dialogue as, Eat his tits! It stinks down here! It's <laughs> a good accent. Is that how the wow. audiobook does it? I could hear the mustache in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> the new mustache. Fitz is in a foul mood and it just keeps getting fouler. He soon realizes that Thick is projecting his feelings onto everyone else. Thick is miserable because the lady who takes care of him filled him filled his head with tales about how horrible sea trips are. There's nothing to do on a ship except be sick and vomit and vomit and vomit. <laughs> and thus begins a long sea trip in which Thick is sick. And he's discontent is projected onto everyone else. This concludes the summary of chapters five through seven. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. Sorry, guys. So. I did three chapters. <laughs> we'll be done early. Do you think that's going to be this new minstrel's first bop is and vomit and vomit and vomit? <laughs> definitely gonna be a new dance <laughs> none of these people have sea legs these are not sea people <laughs> they're land people land Except lovers for well, yes, actually yeah. Fitz an was attractive sailor Fitz made sure to point out before they even got on the ship that half of the crew were veteran sailors or veteran <laughs> sea seagoers sea dogs seamen the correct veteran seamen <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess Thick is that powerful. He's strong. Um, the fool obviously stole the show in this chapter with his yeah. temper tantrum yes. on the dock. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Sir, you can't be here, sir." <laughs> he's like, "The fuck, I can't." <laughs> the part where he I tries like the... to get a little more confidence and authority, where he's like. Here's what you have to do is every retail worker's experience, hoping that the other person will listen. I like that he was, he was like, Shade told me specifically I was not to leave to go ask for more instructions. (laughs) (laughs) He anticipated this. Ah, Shade. Their little competition over Fitz is coming I know, Coming right? Reality TV level. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> I just like all the luggage, too. Like, mm-hmm. Fitz had, like, a tiny little, like, one of those, like, giveaway knapsacks that has the drawstring. And, <laughs> 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 like, and the fool shows up with like fourteen bags and they're matching. But he you know, gave all of his shit away, so they are probably just filled with bricks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the stuff that you know no one else wanted. This is just the really important things. The you know traveling light. It's like the, you know that first episode of Shit's Creek where they're just like <laughs> 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 when Moira opens the drawer and pulls out a light bulb and screams at it. You know, it's just that kind of level of packing. <laughs> Do you think the fool had a panic attack about somebody packing the wrong wigs together? <laughs> yes. For sure. Yes, all the wigs have names. His 37 this, wigs. This one is Amber. And this one... <laughs> They're all revealed slowly over time. Rings Gold would be a good name for a wig. Mm. That's his curly that's wig all that Rachel has. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to name that wig Rings Gold. Perfect. Done. So sad. If I had a wall, I would hang my wigs on it like Moira. But I didn't. I bought wig hooks to hang on the wall in Ooh. my office. I just haven't put them up. Hmm. Yes. It's good because otherwise they end up like the fibers, especially on like the, the fake hair, like they get yeah. all like folded. Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to see your wig wall. One day. I got like 900 projects going on at the same time. I know, and you're doing so good. Like, you're like turning into like fucking that dining area HGTV nice. over there. I actively yeah. have concrete underneath my fingernails, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to talk about Riddle. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Riddle. In a land. In a land where people name their children after things that they want them to aspire to be. <laughs> an enigma. Yeah, well, we figure out his riddle in about three chapters. <laughs> I like riddle. I like riddle too. It seems like an it's okay nice stand-up to... guy. He's positive in a way that, like, Webb is positive, but like, Webb is also kind of kind of creeps you out. Maybe Webb is a hippie, though. And... Yeah. It's positivity, but not in the energy field that I'm really looking for. It's like a low, it's a low energy positivity. Whereas I feel like Riddle is a little bit more upbeat. He's got a little pep in his step. I'd hang out with him. Riddle (laughs) is uh, web at 20. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, after, yeah, you know, pre-Bird. Maybe it's really the Bird that, like, mellowed him out. I bet Riddle likes to go to anime conventions. Uh, let's see. Uh, they get on the boat. Everyone's mad. There's vomiting. <laughs> the fool's not there. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Oh, well, uh, we have Nettle being good at dreams, but I feel like we're about to move more into that. We've got so, a, we, yes. yeah, we got a better dream coming up. I actually yeah. took this chapter because I thought this was the one that had the really good dream, but it was just a pre-dream. Trying to take I kind of skipped over most of the dream, but sorry. What? Well, it's a, there's a butterfly dress, <laughs> which I loved. Yeah. And he's like, "What about their creepy little legs?" And she's like, "Shut the fuck up! My dress is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like she, she saw. I don't know. How, like, how do you come up with that? It's like she had like a bunch of like maybe like some of them landed on her, and she's like, "It'd be cool if they were covering me." So she just made it happen. Couture. Doing it. <laughs> she's a designer she's good at dreams i mean this girl needs a scholarship to like buck yeah. university so bad she was not meant yeah, to but thrive her teacher is gonna be fits yeah. i feel like these books need a series <laughs> a la the witcher and these like dream scenes would be really cool on tv I feel like they'd fuck them up. I feel like all the good imagery that I always read about when it finally gets onto a screen, it's not as good as what I can come up with in my head. But I also feel like it's because when you imagine things in your head, it kind of has, like, soft edges, you know? Like, nothing's too, like, specific. You don't have to figure out the logistics for it. Yeah. I feel that way about aliens, so I feel like in movies and in television, they should never really show you a close-up of the alien because it's never as scary as like what your mind pictures it to be. Specifically, the movie Signs really fucked up. I thought you were, I was like, <laughs> you're talking about Signs when the alien goes by and like, yeah. And you're like, that was really was scary. And what, but then they, then they linger and you see it for then longer later on and you're yeah. like, that's not scary. And also water <laughs> killed it. Anyways. <laughs> And also Mel Gibson, so. I like the dress. I also like the dress. I, I like that it turns into dreams. poppies. Mm-hmm. She's a natural. She doesn't know what she's doing is magic, which is probably really dangerous for It's her. very dangerous. It's so problematic. And I'm like, how does he not see this as being very problematic? Because this is not fits. magic. This is just shit everybody could do. I'm, I'm yeah, she's not going to get sucked does. down into the skill drain and it? murdered. Yeah, it's she great. doesn't even know what the skill river is. Uh, Alright, take us into chapter six. Um, chapter six is called uh, Voyage of Dreams. I really like the, the titles for these chapters. They're so basic. It's like, Voyage <laughs> of Dreams. Voyage. <laughs> Voyage of running out of steam. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're very, very descriptive. Um, so the intro is a half-burned jigsaw puzzle of a wit scroll that Shade attempted to piece together, and it says some possibly useful things about the wit being helpful with healing. Um... So basically, as we learned in chapter 5, 
there is vomit. Um, basically, Thick is miserable. He's still seasick. He hates boats. He thinks they should all just turn around and go home. I think it's very relatable. Um, <laughs> he thinks he's going to die out there and nothing... Uh, and he refuses to accept any alternative explanations or even go inside where it's warm. His distress is causing him to skill out wildly, and his skill song is angry and loud, and he's poisoning everyone's mind aboard the ship and putting everyone on edge. They're all a hair trigger away from a brawl and, or a mutiny. Um, so Fitz is basically just glued to Thick's side because it's his duty, and he can't seem to do anything to help him, but he's just gonna stay there. Um, Dutiful and Shade make attempts to help, but they also kind of fail. Uh, all of Shade's suggestions put Thick's life at risk, and Dutiful just wants to send him home, but that won't do either, because they might need his help. Uh, Webb offers help and friendship, which Fitz immediately finds suspicious and is confused <laughs> by, and this just explains so much about him. Um, they have their, like, little debate club. They debate prayer, whether or not should, uh, whether or not Fitz should start telling people who he is. Webb thinks that he should, and he thinks that he's keeping quiet for selfish reasons. He also shows off some of that neat healing, calming trick, uh, of the wit that the intro sort of described badly. Um, also during all this, Fitz finds out that Swift never went home, and now he's Webb's page aboard the ship, so shock up another point in the parental failure column for Fitz. Uh, he also finds out that in order to keep the fool from coming, Shade went and had him arrested, but it's fine, he's noble, he won't be in jail long, even if he'll be leaving as a social outcast. Fitz feels really guilty about that. So eventually, well, that's <laughs> like the that's the saddest, most pathetic thing ever. I'm like that man should not be in jail. <laughs> He's too fabulous for that. Um, so eventually, Webb offers to thick to sit with Thick so Fitz can like go and try and sleep, uh, but he gets caught in Thick's nightmares, and he eventually cuts his way through and ends up in Nettle's dream. And Nettle is angry with him again because Swift didn't come home. And Birch went out looking for him and got himself beaten up. But Fitz needs Nettle's help, so he lets her know that Swift is safe with him and finally concedes to his unrelenting stubbornness and sends a message to Birch through her, letting him know that Swift is safe and he'll bring him home. Uh, he tells her, Tell him that you dreamed of a wolf with por porcupine quills in his muzzle and that the wolf said to you, As once you did, so I do now. I shelter and guide your son. I will put my life between him and any harm, and when my task is done... I will bring him safely home to you. Fitz is super proud of his shade-like crypticness. I just got nostalgia for porcupines. Also, Nettle basically like figured everything out from that, aside from the fact <laughs> that Fitz is her father, but she's like, oh, so he looked after you once. Um, and uh, so Nettle then helps him save Thick from his nightmares, rescuing poor Kitten Thick from drowning and helping him find a safe place in a large bed inside his a traveling wagon from when Thick was a child. Fitz thanks her by reminding her that she didn't tell him he wouldn't be seasick anymore, but at least he knows how ungrateful she sounds. She then scolds him and tells him it wasn't easy and that she's going to be exhausted now, and Fitz mentions that he knows the toll that magic can take, but Nettle doesn't realize what she's been doing is magic, it's just a thing that she can do. So, thing one. When I, I was once on a ferry from Athens to Crete. Uh, oh, to be on a ferry from Athens to Crete. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and I was very seasick the entire time. Oh. So, team thick in this situation. I agree. <laughs> I once took a water taxi from the airport 
to where we were staying in Venice, and I was miserable because it was <laughs> like there was it was like a little stormy, and I was not happy. This summer, I was supposed to be taking a tall ship from Boston to Gloucester, and it's fine. Were you gonna work it or just like sleep on it? Like a it doesn't like take that ship. long to get there. It's like less than a day. So oh. you just go there, and if you want to pay extra, you can go back to Boston. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. do you, but, but do you get to, like, run up on the lines and stuff, or just... They do have a program where you can study on it and go on, like, a global voyage, but I don't think that's a little beyond my dedication <laughs> I level. worked with somebody who did that. They did, like, my six months on a tall ship. Yeah. Whoa! I'm I confused, like though. Like cool do you skills. mean Gloucester? Oh my god. <laughs> Wooslington. 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 Gloucestershire Shoss. Yeah, just eliminate <laughs> as many hard consonants but as you can. But can't wait until we get to those chapters. <laughs> I, I, I just feel really bad for Thick because, like, it's not, I mean, yes. He was, he was, you know, told a bad, bad thing by that nurse Blame lady. Sada. But right, what a bitch! Yeah, but... Why? That's like when people try to scare pregnant women. Like, oh, your birth is gonna be great, but I have this horror story. It's like, why, yeah. why scare people before like, they have to do yeah, something that they like... have to do? Yeah, it's like you can't stop it, so you might as well like not. Yeah, it's not unhelpful. Panic. Just yeah. lie to their face and say everything's gonna be great. You're gonna have so much. It's fun. Gonna be great. You will not be split in two. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> It's gonna be really easy. Could be beautiful. Beautiful. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about vomit instead. Yeah. Um, something civilized. <laughs> <laughs> so Webb, knowing who Fit Chivalry is, knowing that Fit Chivalry knows that he knows that he knows. <laughs> Still trying to be friends with the guy. I, I just feel like, you know, he, he's kind of a character from a book, from a story, and he's trying to make friends with him, and he's just like, why? You know, it must be hard for Webb to be confronted with the reality of how disappointing Fitz is in real life. Right? <laughs> I like the part where he, like, he's talking to Fitz, and he's they're talking about Swift, and he's like, this is in my first summary before I shortened it, um, where, where he's like, well, you know, Birch mistreated Swift, and he's like, he would never do that. He always raised me so well. And he's like, Webb's just like, you have murder in your eyes. And then he backs away, like, very slowly. Like, what does, it, like yeah. what does it take to have, like, a normal conversation with somebody and then react that way? Like, he's just defending this guy. It's not that crazy of a conversation they were having, but, like how do you how crazy do you have to look to elicit that response slowly backing away from a rabid animal yeah like pretty fucking crazy (laughs) but like Fitz doesn't talk about his personal life his memories his childhood he doesn't talk about that with anyone like maybe night eyes but not like as a discussion they just kind of like felt things and then like maybe Catrican but everyone else it's just like he's never talked about it in his life and it's like almost like he thinks that's disrespectful to even be like, yeah, you know, this is how Burrich is. Like you were also like given chores and smacked around and miserable and you tried to run away and it's like he forgot. 
Well, and to like <laughs> have a criticism of somebody is not to betray them. It's like you can they well, can right. have flaws. <laughs> it's your. It's like he's never had the. He's never tried to like put any of those feelings into sentences before, and so when he's confronted with someone's opinion of people that he has in these like little like on these on these pedal stools on his I just watched the IT crowd on, on pedestals <laughs> in his mind you know he I don't know it's just weird it's weird to think that's like these people existed in the world with other people Fitz like Birch <laughs> had like Birch knew other people Molly knew other people like no, no, no you take that back him. <laughs> yeah it's like your reality is not the only reality he needs a lot of therapy okay so much. oh he is so, beyond so therapy much beyond it's it is interesting though because if you compare this to the way he talks about uh how half is making lots of mistakes and he's like oh yeah i mean i guess i am no one to tell him off because i've made all of these exact same mistakes but then when he's talking to webb about birch it's like birch is like god tier you don't touch that can't mm -hmm. Can't admit any he's mistakes there. In his life. But he's also yeah. incapable of telling Hap about his mistakes in order to better guide him from not making them. Right, right. Well, he thinks it's, like, undermining to be like, oh, by the way, Birch was a drunk and, you know, like, kind of made some bad choices and isolated himself from his best friends and, like, lost his girlfriend and, like, you know, all those things that, like, made Birch a flawed human being. It's Which like, no. Fitz then copies himself. Exactly. Almost, almost which is, exactly. Which is why it would be good if he told Hap, hey, here's some life experience that I've had that might help you not make the same choices that I made, which were the same choices that my mentor made. And for the love of God, can we get off of this wheel? He's well, supposed to be yes. a changer. He should, he should yeah, be not. You are the rock in the road. You are the rock in the road. Change the path. Change it. <laughs> He's just not a communicator. No, when Holly really was not. like talking to Webb and being like, "Okay, so Fitzgerald, you're probably gonna meet him. This is what he's like. <laughs> it's just like he's gonna be smelly. His hair is gonna be gross. He's, he's pretty just, clueless. You're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to really work to get him to talk to you, and he's probably gonna try to kill you like three or four times. It's not personal. He Fine. just thinks he's the protagonist. I will say that... He didn't that want to kill Webb in this he, chapter. That's progress. Yeah. When he committed to... Um, to telling Nettle the words to give to Burrich. So I listened, yeah. I've listened to this twice. Uh, once because I read past where I was... Or listened past where I was supposed to last section. And then again for this section. And both times it made me cry. So, oh yeah, I definitely. Well, got I mean, it's up. the moment he mentions porcupine quills. I kind of yeah, lost it, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you're like, all right, you've been waiting for this. Like, we want, we want that reveal. Like, we we want it as readers. We know it. We we want. If we can't have a reunion, we want the knowledge to be out there. And Birch, yeah. I mean, Birch is is the guy that like sacrificed and dug him up and put him back in his dead body. And like, just to think, like that he's going to get this knowledge that's been denied to him that he deserves to know. Yes. That, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I think this is, like, definitely... the equivalent of sending a text message for, like, a very important conversation. <laughs> 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 like, he 
he didn't have the guts to do it it's, face to it's face. True. And he's like, okay, it's not like, even a text message. It's like something yeah. sending a text message to someone else to forward. On well, to also person. he kind of the sentence that he's the sentence structure he used is a little complicated, mm-hmm. and there is a chance that Nettle may not convey it exactly the way that it was conveyed to her, which could be disastrous. Like, he just expects everybody to be able to memorize things exactly perfectly and report them. Because <laughs> that's what he can it's not do. Even, it's not even like a text message. It's like leaving a message on his favorite radio station that he might listen to. <laughs> <laughs> this song goes out to Burridge, wherever you are. <laughs> and the song's Remember Me, Still Alive. <laughs> There's, there's a little there's a little like message to go with the like you know with the song it's it's like i, I can't think of a, a fake name for him to give him i guess i mean tom badgerlock but you know like, riding smoke in the sky wolf. over his house with an airplane riding in the sky he sends a crow to his farm and the crow's like Hello, the chivalry is alive and then flies up. <laughs> <laughs> like coughs up some memento. It's like here you go. <laughs> <laughs> a really good impression of a crow coughing up something. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it smells like a velociraptor noise. <laughs> Uh, what else? Anything? I don't remember what happened in this chapter anymore. Nettle saved Thick from his nightmares. Oh, right. Nettle, so Net, so Thick is a kitten in yes. the middle of a bed, which is exactly where my cat is currently. Oh. In the midst of the bed. I was really sweet. She's just like, you're safe, you're loved. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Wait, <laughs> nobody ever tells me those things, even though they're so important for a human to hear. Right. Well, that's it. Like, Thick is so alone. And that's why, like, it might be annoying to, like, read Fitz having to, like, babysit him all the time. But, like, Thick deserves to have a friend with him when he's feeling sick. So, I don't mind it. Really. I just, I just feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. It's hard to read all the vomiting, but <laughs> skim that part. I like that they kept it with the wind, though. They're not trying to get that backsplash. <laughs> Staying on the back of the boat. I like when he's, when Dutiful is like, come inside, and Thick's like, Thick's like, no, the floor moves up and down in there. And he's like, the floor moves up and down out here. He's like, no, the ship moves up and down on the water. It's different. Well, I mean, like, okay, the fine. number one way to not be seasick is to stand and watch the horizon. No, I know. I mean, it did make sense. It was yeah. just like... Mm-hmm. In thick logic, it sounds silly. Now player of the floors move. <laughs> I know that! So, are we ready to move on to chapter seven? Sure. This is going to be the fastest episode in the history I of episodes. I know. Well, it's just like, what do we... I mean, not much happens in this chapter. Not really, no. Then why are they so long? Um, <laughs> this chapter, chapter seven, is called Regular Voyage, and not a voyage of anything like Voyage of Dreams or Ship of Anything, and I picked it because you know who else went on the voyage? That's right, it was the live ship trader. 
<laughs> you thought we were done talking about it, but I'm not done. The intro is from Shell Buy's Out Island Travels brochure, which states hurriedly, don't worry, the Out Islands are not a filthy monarchy. They chose their nobility with ableism. And the intro keeps saying <laughs> matriarchal over and over, but in the end, I myself would say Shell Buy to the Out Islands. Fitz wakes up feeling air quotes rested, and if anyone knows what that is like, I would invite them to mail me whatever drug causes that. Everyone is snoozing. <laughs> And Fitz approaches Webb and Thick and describes Risk, the gull, in absolute adoration. She's just a really healthy, colorful bird. He then describes Risk's, Risk's movements as cat-like, Hobbes' trademark for describing hot people, TM. So I don't know how to explain <laughs> that one away, Fitz perverty farseer. Webb also calls Risk a show-off for literally doing the one thing birds can do, which is fly away. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of rude. Duties comes to the deck and starts skilling fits, even though I think they're right next to each other. So it's like they're texting (laughs) the same room. And he's relieved about the change in Thick's terrible, terrible musical taste. And Fitz is like, ha ha, yeah, isn't that nice? And is desperate to keep Nettle a secret. So good thing Thick wakes up and immediately yells, Nettle fixed my dream. <laughs> <laughs> and they spend some time getting Thick indoors and caring for him when Duty's witted coterie or witties show up. <laughs> the witties. The witties. <laughs> Duty and the witties. <clears throat> Oh my gosh, I want a letterman jacket that just has witties across the back of the person. Yes. Oh my god, can we please be the Oh yes, let's I want do it. Those. Okay. Start sewing everyone. Table. Yes. <laughs> I we... can make a t shirt. Oh I want the full bomber jacket, guys. Anyway. We don't have that yet. We can have backpacks, <laughs> duffel bags, shower curtains, t shirts. Shower <laughs> curtains. <laughs> Bird houses. No, not that yet. Oh. Little the... tiny bombers for the birds inside oh! the bird house. Oh, my Risk deserves would love it. them. <laughs> <laughs> well, related, we learned that Risk is a very good burb, and he's monitoring. <laughs> monitoring. <laughs> Like, I don't even need him perched on my arm. Like, I just want to see him on the, like, railing of a ship. And I want to say, who's a pretty bird at her? And I want her to just tilt her head at me. Like, what? Me? She'd be like, not me, because I'm a fucking seagull. (laughs) And then I would give her a whole bag of chips to rip open. Yeah. I mean, she's in the gull family. That doesn't mean she's one of those, like, horrifically (laughs) ravenous beach birds that tries to steal your lunch. (laughs) <laughs> she's a dive bombing beach bird. I know her. And she she's a she's a girl with a plan, and she's monitoring other nearby <laughs> ships and settlements to make sure that they're not being followed or in danger. Amazing, a great bird. Fitz, you picked a good a good romantic interest bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Webb gives Fitz a subtle opportunity to reveal himself as Fitz Wittery, but he passes. T-Swift has shown up as well and reveals, shocker, he doesn't want to go home despite Fitz's vow to bring him home safe, but too bad for you, buddy, you're badger locked. 
He sends Swift. <laughs> oh my God, you're welcome. <laughs> he sends Swift to go get blankets for Thick and Fitz, who has never seen or had a fever in his life. I guess wonders why a fever would make Thick cold. Then he has the gall to say, because I said so, when Swift asks why he has to read a history book like Fitz, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Chevy Chade shows up like, I know what you did. And Fitz is like, yeah, I'm tired of secrets, which is an incredible pivot of character development. And I'll have to read all of these again just to tally up what prompted this. Chade is very excited by Nettle joining the Coterie and messing with people's dreams for the drama of it all, but Fitz comes up with the quickest lie. Unlike Ray, Nettle will be a solo <laughs> skiller. No, you're welcome. Again, these are free. God free jokes for you. Free jokes. <laughs> this oh. seems to placate Chade, and he sends a servant to go get the cook to make some really nourishing stuff for Thick's fever, and naturally she sent back a hot dog floating in water. <laughs> so... Thus began the passive-aggressive Chade Kitchen Wars, and they rage on to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Fitz goes into kitten-thick dreams again, and why is Fitz a wolfman and Thick is a kitten and Nettle is a human, but what animal would you all be as your dream selves? Mm. Please answer. (laughs) I'm taking a break here to ask you all a question. Oh, uh, I would be... I mean, I really love birds, like, love birds, so I feel like I would be some type of bird. I wouldn't mind being an owl. I think in my dreams I feel like an unpressurized fish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You know, because you, like, wake up and you have to, like, gasp for breath and... There's a crick in your neck and your arm's falling asleep, so you're just an animal under pressure or not under pressure, whatever. I feel like worse. I'd be a like rat in a maze because I'm always just having anxiety dreams of like never being able to find what I need to find. Ooh. <laughs> I did have a dream two nights ago. I told Rachel and my sister this. I had a dream that bats were living under my skin and that they would mm. break through my skin. And it didn't hurt me when terrible. they did that. But then they would fly to my enemies and attack them. What? <laughs> I never That's have vivid dreams, but this one was very vivid. <laughs> so maybe I'm a bat, which is kind of like a bird, but also kind of like a rat in a maze. <laughs> but it's got wings, so it's better. I just love the idea of a bat just coming up and slapping someone and then like leaving a note that's like, <laughs> you have you have offended, you have offended <laughs> Ashley. Scream! <laughs> Eli what about you I think flying is super cool but I don't think my personality goes with bird at all Uh, I would definitely be the opposite of a prey animal I have like my flight or fight response is like to take 10 seconds to respond so I would probably (laughs) be something that doesn't expect to be scared in any way I don't know so you're a shark or an alligator. Or like a, a koi fish in a Hippopotamus. safe pond. flying squirrel. Maybe a hippopotamus. Yeah. They are afraid of nothing. I wouldn't necessarily be like... aggressive, but like just not. It's not that they're aggressive. They just, just they feel nothing. They're aggressive. They don't have Hi- it. Hippos are very aggressive. 
Well, I know they're aggressive, but they like did like you could like attack. You could be like t- ten hippopotamus. What about a manatee? They're very large. They don't have a lot of enemies, and you're just kind of floating around. Your only enemy is a propeller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm a manatee. <laughs> a rare breed. My name's Elon. I'm a manatee. A beautiful siren of the sea. Welcome the to sea the is like sailors. the sky, but below. So I accept yeah. that. And then occasionally you can see Rachel if she ever comes up from her pressurized depths. <laughs> yes. I live in the plenty. You live in the in the area between the plenty and the lack. The rest of them are in the lack. I can I can do this. <laughs> the lack is whack, yo. <laughs> I'll just be constantly running around looking for cheese and never finding it. That's I have me. dreams where I'm at conventions and I cannot get to where I'm going with my entire costume on. Like I'll get halfway there and realize <laughs> I'm not wearing half of my costume, and then I go back and then lose half and. That's those are my anxiety dreams. I I do sometimes have dreams where my armor is constantly coming undone, and I have to like snap something, (laughs) pull something back up, or like it's fallen off, and I have to go find it again. Yeah. Yep. So I. Hey guys. Yep. You're nerds. I also have I also have the dreams the na- so my naked dreams are that I never have pants. I always have like a shirt on, but it's like So I've you're just winning the poet? That is the oh, most <laughs> awkward amount of clothing to wear. Have you ever just put a shirt on? It feels weird. <laughs> feels really weird. I would rather be the- naked than with just a shirt on. Right? Oh, it's that's exactly how I feel in the dream. It's like it's just not. It's like the least flattering combo. Like <laughs> I feel like that's also like what never nudes dream about. <laughs> like they would dream about one or the other, not the whole thing. I mean, I'm basically a costuming never nude, so that makes sense. My idea of a sexy cosplay is like I wore red. <laughs> All right, where were you? Where were uh, you? Yes, well, in the in the dream space, Nettle is tidying up in there, and Thick is manifested, like has manifested her as his own mother. And insert a thought here about Hob structures the roles of women in her story. And uh oh, Fitz caused a rift in the family again. <laughs> Nettle told Brush and everything that Fitz said to say verbatim. I'm shocked. Molly didn't give a dick about that, but Brashen did a Rona special about it, which is to say he cried all day and didn't talk to anyone. Why is Brashen here? (laughs) He did get dressed, wow, which is leagues beyond what I'm usually capable of nowadays, and is out the door with a, quote, I'm a coward. I've always been a coward. Fitz is like, oh no, Molly is abandoned. And, you know, where have you been, my dude? How is that your priority here? <laughs> Not that Brashen is lost in the fucking dark with, like, cloudy Are we eyes. going with Brashen because you wish we were in live ship still? Or oh, my you? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you have it typed out as Brashen, too. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even notice. The B I was names. The, I was like, what do you mean, why is Brashen here? Do you twice, think of them as, twice, like, the same three kind times, of person? Three times. God, women three are all times. the same and men are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Find and replace here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do 
I do that. It's you know, we got the one more done. They're interchangeable. Oh They're interchangeable. <laughs> Birch and Birch. same brand Bridge. of food. <laughs> I just have a a section in in the small pocket of my brain that says men. And from there, they are (laughs) alphabetized. So you see how I can get confused. (laughs) Wow, apologies. So anyway. Nettle starts to suspect Fitzwolfery has some ill intent. But thank you for correcting But uh, he explains he knew Burridge since long before she was born, and Fitz manages to dodge whether or not he knows Molly, but I thought you were done with secrets, sir. (laughs) Over time, now, I'm starting to heavily summarize because I'm sick of how long this chapter is. My my two brain cells can't handle this. Over time, the bond between Nettle and Fitz strengthens. He learns some cool dream stuff. Shade lurks in on them. Swift learns to read. Webb keeps trying to be Fitz's friend, and Fitz can't have that. So he outs himself as far- specifically fartseer to duty. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, Fitz has been the subject of their own little Buckkeep Radio book club and is a historic figure, like how the Xbox 360 is now a vintage machine and how we are all right now covered in cobwebs. <laughs> yep. Shade has misgivings about the witted coterie continuing to advise Dutiful after this quest, but Duty is here for the union, and he is here for the job security, and Shade is rolling out the bigotry of his rock-bottom magic prejudice, but he is (coughs) outwitted. (laughs) Finally, Hob is knocking it out of the park with last sentences. Quote, That night I dreamed my own dreams, and they were of wolves hunting in the summer-seared hills. I want to go back there. Is that his dream, or is that just like a leftover wolf's dream? It could be both. <laughs> They're his happy place dreams. Yeah, I mean, those are his happy places, but are they his dreams? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're his memories. They're, right? the, they're the same being. I thought we'd, like, decided it's, that. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's like from um, when... When Night Eyes ran away for a bit in Royal Ass, right? Mm hmm. Maybe? I don't know. I tried to no, it was in like the last one. Or, or are, you, are you saying it's Night Eyes in Heaven? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking that he has like the spot in his, he has like a section of his mind that's like where the Night Eyes stuff lives, and that's. It's his happy place, but it's not him. It's Night Eyes. It's his. It's his best self. Yeah, as Night Eyes. Exactly. Night Eyes is his best self. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like for the for that like three ish weeks, he was actually a wolf while he was dead. That part. <laughs> he wasn't dead though. Mm. so i really love this idea of the witted coterie the witties because they are the biggest losers in the whole fucking world and i thought that the 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 skill coterie were the biggest losers (laughs) but then 
then the witties showed up. We got fucking Sybil and his fucking cat. <laughs> Look. Right? He has... He's on a mission to support his best friend, though. That's not a bad character trait. Oh. It's not, but, you know, why? For his own in- in advancement? Probably. No, because so he has literally got... nobody else left because his mother committed suicide. And yet he's still walking around, a dispossessed noble, like, acting like he's cooler than everybody else. I don't, th- I feel like he has much more humility these days. I don't know. He doesn't talk Maybe. a whole lot. <laughs> I don't know. Great. Let's not ask him to talk more. <laughs> I have things to discuss in spoiler section. <laughs> so we have Webb, we have Civil, we have Swift. Poor Swift, who does not know what gang he just joined. <laughs> uh, and then Dutiful. Is that everyone? Cockle. Oh, and the new the Cockle, the new the new minstrel. So that is his kind of like troop of nobodies and then his other coterie is thick and shade and fits i'm just saying though like if i had to pick a team i'm team witties (laughs) 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 the old crazy dude who can't remember shit that he says and then the guy who gets angry at like the blink of an eye but like not just angry but like he gets murder eyes like that's a (laughs) following person to be around then you have a prince which is just not relatable and it's never going to be relatable. <laughs> well, the prince is part of both, so you can't... You can't... He's the anchor. Right, but yeah. there's he's fewer people friend. in the skill coterie, so he, he he's weighted more. Well, I mean, more. Nettle is sort of... Nettle's in it. Kind of joining is the Is she? Coterie. Because only one person has access to her. I mean, I guess Thick kind of does, but not really, because he doesn't really, like, communicate with her. Is Fitz going to be in both? He could if he opened his mouth. That's why Webb is like, hey, 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 join our cool team. We'll get jackets if we get one more member. <laughs> Bulk discount. We get a rebate on five. <laughs> I'm just glad Starling isn't here. In that oh, yes. God. If she somehow right? pops up, I'm going to be pissed. I want Cockle to become the best minstrel that Cockle can be because I don't want to fucking see Starling anymore yeah and then if he could also maybe just go through a legal name change that would be cool (laughs) (laughs) what is a cockle is that like a snail isn't it a i don't know sounds like a weird piece of meat like from like a chicken liver it's an animal it's a mollusk i assume it's it's like oysters and clams right that's oh yeah oh it's those cute little shells oh yeah i know those it's a mollusk, also a small, shallow boat. Well, well. All right. Well, maybe he can be a cockle. I don't know. Just, I don't really like the way it sounds when I say it. In cockle. slang, cockle means one's innermost feelings. Oh. Well. In the expression, the cockles of one's heart. It's a pretty good name for a minstrel. That's a different cockle. That's like the little bits. Wait, I'm going to look up the animal. A wrinkle. <laughs> oh, we haven't done this in a while, Because I guys. feel like it's like the hangy bits that hang off your heart. Uh, it's, I do not like that Greek. description at all. <laughs> yeah, warm the cockles of one's heart. Gr- the cockles of the heart are its ventricles, named by some in Latin as cochlea cordis from cochlea, snail, alluding to their shape. The saying means to warm and gratify one's deepest feelings. Yeah. Mm. 
There's a meaty parts of your heart that you could boil up and eat. That's a weird conversation. Do they taste <laughs> like the mollusk? <laughs> I would assume that a heart is not the best part to eat unless no. you've like not moved a lot in your whole life. I feel like it'd be or awful. Or your Daenerys Targaryen trying to... Whatever, she didn't enjoy that. She chewed for a long time, I remember. Yeah. And there was, like, lots of, like, stretchy stuff when she was trying to tear at it. Yeah. Pages and pages of not having, because if she puked it up, no good. No good. Throw the whole bride away. So, <laughs> what kind of fucking bird is Risk? All right, I'm going to look up types A gull of with their yellow some... on his feet and beak. Gulls with yellow feet... It's gonna be an He's, ugly old seagull. That's just oh, a seagull. Just a regular yeah. seagull, yeah. <laughs> Mine. Garbage bird. I love it. It's trash king, queen, king. A ring-billed gull. Wait, is Risk male or female? Risk is a girl. Ball. Okay, I thought so. so I keep Risk, mixing it up. Him and his trash bird. But you know what? This bird wasn't raised on a South Carolina beach, so I have a lot more faith in it. No, I want this bird to be, like, grungy. I want it to steal. I <laughs> just swoop down and steal somebody's pasty. Like, <laughs> it's mine. Ripping apart a bag of lays. Yes. This is what Go I Dorito want. bird into the sunset. I did like the imagery, though, of when Risk was sitting on the rail of the boat and then just, like, opened his wings and, like, a kite just, like, flew up backwards because they totally do that. And it's so cool that they can just be like, peace out, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Show off. It's a bird. (laughs) Show off for flying. Oh, so I want to talk about why we think Molly doesn't understand this highly cryptic, super obvious riddle. Because she didn't know anything about Fitz. Well, that's true. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't know about the wolf. She didn't know about the porcupine quill. She didn't know about Changer. She didn't know about anything. Yeah. Well. Fitz was just what a, nobody <laughs> sorry. special to her. What a great Molly, what a great love interest. <laughs> what a choice. He spent Someone like two books saying, Oh, I sh- I kind of feel like I should tell Molly this, but no, I can't. I can't tell her this thing. I can't. Can't tell her anything. Because Molly It would destroy the relationship if I told her. She would run away from me. <laughs> So now, when he's sending secret messages via their daughter from beyond the grave, she doesn't even understand the secret message. She just thinks that, I guess, her daughter has lost her mind. (laughs) It also kind of makes me wonder, though, if, like, so Birch, I feel like every day since Fitz, quote-unquote, died, has wished that Fitz was still there, and he Mm -hmm. didn't really move on from that, and I just wonder if Molly did move on and so she's not like looking for him in places you know like well yeah molly doesn't have time molly has 12 children and chores and and yeah she's got chicken and her husband is blind and lame and keeps getting robbed on the road and she's just she's just got other shit to deal with he's just laying in bed yelling for brandy (laughs) 
Well. But again, it's like you've got Nettle who's actually like talking to Fitz all the time. You've got Burge who like has found out now and he's, you know, has been mourning Fitz for all this time. You've got Swift who's hanging out with Fitz. Like all these people in Molly's life are like connected to Fitz and she's just like completely oblivious. Yep. She's just like, I'm doing laundry. <laughs> necessary chore, but, you know, not not really... Um, not necessary uh, to the story. Yeah, not a compelling detail. It does not her. knock the wheel out of the rut. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Chapter 8, The Hedgird. This chapter opens, as many fantasy epics do, with a creation story. In rote, that often means Ida and L, and we get to hear about their binary struggle for dominance over the Earth. Ida appears to be winning in this iteration, which is the basis for the matriarchal society of the Out Islands, i.e. women own the land and men can fuck right off. <laughs> so, in contrast to the intro, this chapter has no women in it at all. Hooray! Fitz, Fitz is busy with his caretaking duties for a very sick thick, and has been left aboard the docking ship. And he's forced to endure his first views of Xylig when the big tub is finally backed into port. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> he describes a stony dock town with a newly built section in areas that had been destroyed by the stone dragons and the red ship wars, to which I stopped and thought, how exactly did the stone dragons destroy parts of the city when all they really did was suck people's memories out? So I guess I'll never know. Xylig they, is they depressing. Like, they like sucked people in and they went poof, right? They poofed people? Maybe they, they could, could poof You a can house. poof a person, no, yeah. I think they also destroyed things. Poof a building? Yeah, I guess like, they what, could what, run into tails? things. They are pretty big and heavy. <laughs> they are stone. I'd like to imagine so, they poofed a house, though. It's like a Tamagotchi. They just get bigger because they got more <laughs> rocks. <laughs> just so, like that. Not Tamagotchi. What's that video game I'm thinking Katamari. of? Katamari. Katamari, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Had a whole glass of brandy, but I, you know, whatever. A whole Zylig... glass of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's with a B. Zylig is depressing and gray and covered in slime, and I get the feeling that Hop doesn't want us to like it here very much. Eventually, with Riddle's help, because he's such a good lad, Fitz and Thick go ashore and find their way to their accommodations at Boarhouse. Thick, you'll feel better ashore. No, I won't. They trudge to Archon's crib, and Fitz immediately puts Thick to bed because he's totally miserable and none of us can stand it anymore. And also, everyone in Xylig treats Thick like a leper, which is even more miserable. But while Fitz is poking around this map, Dutiful has gone on to trigger some dialogue downstairs. <laughs> yes, fresh from the sea with only a fish cake for refreshment, Dutiful has arrived at that cornerstone of epic fantasy literature, the man moot. <laughs> It's dark. People have others, otters tattooed on their faces. It's all about honor and who has the best warriors. And if you didn't read this entire chapter picturing Klingons smashing their dachtach against their chests and glaring, <laughs> well, you must not be me. <laughs> so, what's the can't even take a potty break big deal? The Hedgird, that's the all-male warrior leaders of each animal-based clan, because remember, there are like two women in this entire chapter, and they don't have names and they don't speak, is real concerned with the fact that Dutiful is here to take Icefire's head. Because, you see, Icefire is their homie. 
He came to the Owl Islands way back when, and he signed a lease, and now he's been there long enough to be one of them, and why should they stand around and let some punk teenager kill him? It's not reasonable. Plus, and this is hilarious, they don't actually think Icefire can be killed, but he will be pissed that they let this punk kid try and probably kill them all in annoyance. So Fitz is observing all of this from the shadows, as he is wont to do, and Dutiful and Shade are sitting on man benches, partaking of the very calm and organized discussion via talking stick. There's no stick, they're not children. Duty basically breaks it down to these matriarchal folks. A woman asked him to do it. How could he say no? That's not how it works. And the men shrug, and they seem to think that's totally acceptable reasoning. But still, if you kill Icefire, we have to kill you, so I guess war? <laughs> At this point... Shade freaks, and he skills all of himself, yay, about how they need to stop this talk before shit gets decided. And Dutiful whines that he has to pee. And then Kemper Eagle has just declared that any non-war response is cowardly, and it's looking grim. So Fitz, building on what he's learned from Nettle's dream renovations and Thick's influence on the sailors and old Verity's tactics, makes everyone in the room have to pee, and the meeting ends. Amazing. So they go back to their rooms to complain that there's no food except fish cakes, which I believe we were warned about, and they have to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. So Thick is still asleep, but our trio is ready to scheme when Peter arrives. Hey, no worries. We're going to feed you, and also, my dwindling house has spent all its wealth buying allies, so just shut up and let me handle what's going on downstairs. Dutiful is worried that this will make them look weak, but Shade has bigger fish to fry. Why the fuck did Peter maneuver this whole thing if it was going to start a war? Well, women are crazy, he says. But this isn't good enough for Shade. What does Peter want? War or an alliance with the six duchies? Peter's like, well, you've got to do what you said you're going to do. And Dutiful's like, yeah, I will. A farseer always pays his debts. <laughs> And I said I would give you Icefire's head, so I will. But that doesn't mean I have to marry Elianya. And since you people seem to be broke now, why should I? Ha! A hit! A palpable hit! So Fitz, who's been hiding in plain sight in a doorway, mm -hmm. is in full Mentat mode in this chapter. He's analyzing Shade, and Dutiful, and Peter, and he's thinking about all the political ramifications of all these choices, and he's trying to figure out the motivations, and honestly fits same, because I had to read this chapter like three times to figure out what the fuck anyone was talking about. <laughs> anyway, Peter desperately wants them all to leave the next day to go to Wizzinglington Town, <laughs> where Clan Narwhal rules, and that's also where Eliania is, and it will be safer, and they can stall there, and Shade agrees, because they've basically insulted Clan Narwhal as much as they possibly could with the threat of non-marriage but still ice fire murder and they have to give peter something that he wants also they don't want anyone to murder duty while they figure out how to address this impossible promise so please also note that fitz is beginning to think that elianya's extremely disinterested and playing hard to get thing uh is getting it seems to be working really well and dutiful and duty is taking dating tips from civil as well which can only end in disaster <laughs> I don't know. This sucks. I would leave too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, the food, I was like, no, y'all got to get out. That sounds awful. <laughs> you know, usually there's like, you know, you can be picky and stuff, but, you know, usually there's like, you can understand why like a whole generations of people have eaten whatever that is over and over again for 
hundreds of years, but I'm I'm having a hard time with the the jellyfish paste Ugh. squares. <laughs> Gross. And poor Thick, he was so starving. He's like, I guess I'll just eat this disgusting shit with this nasty ass wine and try to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> poor Thick. Well, everyone eats it. Fitz eats it. Dutiful eats it, and they're just like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> Except for shade, he's like, I'm not eating that. Thick not Except wanting to go ashore food. reminds me of uh, when I took a 13-hour flight to Japan, and then by the end of it, I was like, "This is no, this is what I'm used to now. I don't want to leave the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, I movies was very here. Ready to get off the plane when I got back, and to unlimited free alcohol. Just let me stay a little longer." <laughs> <laughs> like this is japan right i have 17 this long is... island iced teas on this plane i love japan uh yeah i don't know there i i i love that like it's been all like fits drama people know who i am my daughter knows who i am i'm telling birch who i am meanwhile it's like oh here's the actual political motivation of the trip that you're on <laughs> for 30 pages while all these people talk at each other about stuff you don't understand and Fitz is like I don't understand this their culture is too different I don't understand and I'm like well if you don't understand I don't understand and that is why I had to read the chapter three times well that's fine because he can just end it by making everybody have to pee (laughs) amazing trick (laughs) amazing also I peed I went and I had to pee afterwards I was like well I might as well go too (laughs) we're all going I mean, Eliana seems like a little bit of a bitch for setting all this up, that's for damn sure. And it seems like the Islanders think so, too. But I don't like this idea where they're like, none of this makes sense. Well, that's women for you. They ask you to do impossible shit, and you have to. And I guess we all have to, like, fight each other to the death now because some stupid woman <laughs> well, but it's like not even here is making Someone us. lied to you, and you got duped, but you said you'd do it, so you have to follow through, or else we're going to call you a weak asshole, and we're going to come and raid all of your lands. Yeah. I'm like, no take back. Or if it's not what you want, and it's not what they want, and someone got duped, like, let's just... Not follow well, they were very close to like coming to a an agreeable like situation, and then that old like you know yeah, little... Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say his name on our radio show. <laughs> <laughs> he got up and like, well, if any of you, if any of you people say that. <laughs> You're not gonna go to war after this, then you're just cowards. And, then... and I won't stand for it. Set up a cameo account with this whoever this is, and I will pay you five dollars to come into a Zoom meeting. <laughs> you mentioned the man benches it's like and... anti Santa Claus, okay. He's there. The only thing I can think of when you mention the man benches are the uh, ridiculous benches that frats people put out, like in the lawns uh-huh. of frats in the like two thousands. 
they're they're like what? these yeah. they're like five feet elevated off of the ground and they're reclining and then you prop your feet up and then they've got like cup holders and it's all just so they can like <laughs> get drunk and look down on people as they walk by on the sidewalk. It's Did they do that yeah, at your colleges? What in the no, world are you talking you. about? Um, we didn't even have sports at my college, so we didn't really. I mean, we have didn't have like... football, but we definitely have Greek society. But I never even, bitch. I never even went down that road. Like that was not a. Part I mean, of my yeah, life. I only went to a frat party on my first night by accident. Just, just Google frat again. bench, and you will see okay. what I'm talking about. We're learning my so college much tonight, you guys. Didn't have frat anything. Bench. Oh, Frat Bench Dimensions. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So it's one of those, it's basically like when you go to a beach town and they have those really giant Adirondack chairs that make you look really tiny. That's what this is. Do they shine your shoes in this? (laughs) But the funniest Uh, thing to me is that they're elevated so far off the ground. Yeah. It's like give yourself some stadium seating out in front of your house. Oh, God. What are you looking at? want to burn that shit down in the night oh my god <laughs> cover it in it really eggs. elaborate anyway so i found an old picture where they just had their chairs sitting on top of tables oh that's <laughs> one way to do it that seems to be the key point then it's just being elevated yeah yeah so you can look down on people i mean it's yeah. like oh wait it looks like it looks like it started so with gross they, these were the judges for beer pong. They sat on mm-hmm. cha- on chairs. And on, you'd need to be high up tables. so you could see if the ball truly went in. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm just Excellent. so devastated I didn't get to participate in that. I don't know how I'm going to go to sleep tonight. You'll dream of bats attacking Bats just fly up and bitch slap all them assholes straight in the face. That's from Parker, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'll be so a little yes, bat on their running around the maze of benches. Deciding to go to war even though no one wants to go to war because otherwise I don't know. It It is really <laughs> silly. Numbers. It's like we can all agree if you say yeah. you're going to do something you better do it. But we could also all agree that we're all going to kick your ass if you do this. We're at an impasse. We've got you've got to do it. We've got to kick your ass. That's what we've got to do. Yep. Guess it's got to happen. All right. Inevitable war. It's so funny. Dutiful is like, what am I supposed to do? This girl told me to do this thing, and they're like, "Yep, you got to do it." Yep, you got to do it. The girl told you to do it. You got to do it. Full of shit, but you got to. Yeah. Like, and if you Peter's reversed like, this and we went back to the patriarchy and, like, some This is the patriarchy. Boy... I'm sorry. This is not... This is not matriarchy. This is And patriarchy. if we went to, like, Bingtown. Bingtown. You know, and... <laughs> and, like, teenage boy trader made some, you know, someone promise to do something, would they listen? The well, way how they much argue? money will they make? That's true. There's other motivations. Yeah, no money. other motivations. No, no money. Just a promise. My money, my problems, well, right? Yeah. And a marriage contract. Yeah, because then they can use money as their, like, leverage to be like, well, we, we're not going to do it. It doesn't make sense. 
But all these people, everything, their their currency is honor and fish oil and, and fish oil. <laughs> so. A very greasy currency. <laughs> it just it also makes me feel like uh, Taker, the far the original Farsi or king, was probably exiled. <laughs> like, don't you think? Because they talk about how they're like, oh, there was like, you if you dishonor yourself, then the women tell you that you can't, you know, stand on land anymore and you have to go. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, so go he down. was like, great, I'll go take my own land. And it, So he was a dishonorable, yeah. like, exiled guy who was just like, I want to get off this fucking boat, so I'm going to live here now. <laughs> and he built himself a frat chair. His, his chair was a And he built himself a frat chair. But keep the biggest and, frat chair. <laughs> And he and he did away with the matriarchy because clearly he had feelings about that, and that's it. But he didn't he didn't get rid of it completely. Well, he just equalized. Yeah, it. yeah. he was like anyone can rule instead of it being women who hold the land. He just said whoever's in charge holds the land. Yeah, I think me. you're I think you're absolutely right because he, it's always been described as he got tired of raiding and just stopped right where he was and built that castle on top of the old one. But, like, if he got tired of like, raiding, why not just sail home? Yeah. Because he didn't have a home anymore. Because you were exiled. You know why, though? Maybe he decided that he wasn't going to do something stupid that didn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, anything else besides fish cakes, man moot, Peter, Peter being unable to control a... An 11-year-old girl, 13-year-old, 13 and a half, I believe is what she announced herself as. She's probably 14 now. <clears throat> it's spring. I love that Fitz is getting better at the skill every day, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be giving him headaches anymore. Yeah, Shade yeah that's the one thing that I've been noticing. Yeah, the headache thing is gone. Yeah, Shade's learned a ton. He's gotten way better. Stop yeah, it's taking like he had drugs, to, like, heal yourself. Yeah. Heal your broken bones. I think the healing that I think that the healing that Fitz went through was key. Yes. To his his turnaround. Yeah. So yeah. we all just have to turn back time and everything will be great. <laughs> Look, if only we could <laughs> magically heal ourselves, we'd be boss. Look, if I could magically heal you guys, I would. I would put my arms on you. Would you use your invisible of, touch? I would think of you at your hottest moment in my mind, and I would put you back <laughs> yeah. at that at that point. Hmm. But it would be what I thought, so you have no control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I just keep getting hotter. I just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bold of you. Re Listeners, please uh, uh, send us emails so that we can critique Eli's hotness so that his head doesn't get too big and he doesn't make us go kill Ice Fire. Zero's all around. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Chapter nine, the mother house. Uh, the intro is a gross cautionary tale about how if you and your out-islander homies just want to do horrible shit, women will not tolerate it, and you will have to pay the price. Out-islander women are not to be messed with. Uh, so the gang is heading out on their new boat journey to Wooslington, which quite frankly sounds like a private school on the Upper East Side. 
Shade let the Hepford know they are piecing out, and they were just kind of like, meh. And then he told all of their nobility that they were leaving behind, that they should rep their family clique real hard. Put on your most fabulous family chains and brooches so as to not get murdered, everybody. Their exit is swift <laughs> until Fitz tries to get thick um, onto the Tusker, which is their boat. And once Thick realizes Fitz's plan, the chase is on. And it's just fucking mayhem. And it is just, I mean, it's a nightmare. And Thick tries to run. And Fitz is trying to chase after him. And then he's trying to, like, wrangle him and bear hug him and pick him up. And it's like wrangling a baby bull. And it's just not happening. And anytime Fitz tries to touch Thick, he gets skill blasted, which makes all of the onlookers think that he's weak and ridiculous. And, you know, what grown warrior can't get a half-wit into a boat? And so things are escalating, and Duty and Shade are just pretending they don't even know them. They're like, what? Who are they? <laughs> and finally, Webb comes out, and he wit-woos Thick into submission. And Fitz is surprised that the wit-repel has a counterpart, the wit-woo, trademark. And honestly, <laughs> his life could have been so much easier if he'd had that power all along. And why aren't all witted people just wooing all the plebes? I don't understand why that's not a thing. So, finally, everyone is on the boat, and poor Thick is coughing up along and truly seems like he's dying, and Webb sees how rattled Fitz is after all the craziness, and he tries to talk to him about it, and he can't quite seem to piece together why a half-wit is so important to the prince, and more so, why he was able to take down a warrior in his prime. And Fitz just keeps saying it's not his secret to tell, and that's where they leave it. So, um, Thick and Fitz are kind of like hanging out with the wit coterie, the witties, and Fitz decides to take a little cat nap with Thick to try and soothe his dreams. Get it? I said a cat nap. And Thick's, <laughs> Thick is once again a cat, but he's in a boiling sea, and it's just like the saddest imagery ever. And Fitz gets him back to his cozy bed in the wagon, but he's unable to, unable to console the sobbing kitten. And then Nettle pops by and tells Fitz that he's an idiot and to just give her the cat, and she manages to soothe, soothe Thick a bit. And she gives Fitz a sick burn by calling him the second most emotional man she knows. And ain't that the truth? <laughs> so she lets Fitz know that Burge is back from Buckkeep Castle. And he keeps staring into the distance with a grin on his face. And he brought all the family carved wood presents. Hmm. Including a nice earring for himself. And Burge has relayed the message that Fitz should have returned home a long time ago. And Fitz's reply is really stupid. And it's just speechlessness and gratitude. Um... <laughs> He reveals his name as Changer to Nettle, and then they kind of part ways. And then back in real life, Swift calls out Fitz for being the first person to fall asleep at the slumber party. And Fitz is like, I'm not asleep. But, like, you kind of were, and we were just about to dip your fingers into warm water. <laughs> <laughs> so the minstrel is about to go play some tunes on the deck, so they all go out for a listen. And after some six duchies tunes, a Boar Clan member says that he has an even better song. And to prove it, he sings a song that no one from the six duchies can actually understand. <laughs> so Fitz manages to gather um, in his broken, you know, um, out islander knowledge that it's a tale about a black man, the black man, not a black man, I guess the black man, <laughs> who stalks Oslo, y'all, and something, something black, and then something, something dragon. That's literally what the text says in the book. And then old Beatrock dashes out and tells the guy to shut the fuck up, which is, you know, just like kind of suspicious. It's a little weird. <laughs> um, so clearly this song has all the answers. And by the way, Shade is also sipping on some tea syrup in the morning. A uh, little, little knowledge drop from old doodles. So the gang finally lands at Narwhal Island and they're greeted by some relatively cordial-ish women and like no men. And Shade has to point out that 
Lots of their men were probably slaughtered in the Red Ship Wars. Then everyone gets settled into their respective places, and Duty and Shade are in the mother house, and the guards are out back, and Fitzy and the Halfwit are ostracized to their own personal out-island cabin chateau because everyone thinks Thick is gross, but it seems to me that they actually won in this scenario. And Swift and Webb come to hang. He's like, why you leave me in love? Where's my, where's my father? <laughs> Swift and Webb come to hang out, and then they go to the market to try and find Thick's preferred menu items, which is cake and cheese. And all I have to say to that is, same Thick, same. And they come back and have a jolly normal meal together where they talk about their lives. And then they're all called back to the mother house for a meet and greet. And Fitz tells Swift to groom and bathe because Drum of the Erdlings is really just a tale of very stinky men. That's true. There's a lot of like text in the chapter I did devoted to how smelly Thick is. So, Well, like none of them have bathed in however long it took them to get there. And he's just getting like puke backsplash, and he smells sour. And you know he yeah. was sweaty and clammy. I, I like that. Back in my chapter, Riddle was telling Fitz that he looked like a farmhand that he needed to like put some pomade in his hair. And in this chapter, he's telling Swift, "You gotta, you gotta brush your hair because you look like you were born in a barn." He tells him he like looks they're basically like a saying the same thing. He's just stupid. Horse or something? Mountain, Mountain pony. pony. Yeah. Mountain pony. And, and he's like, that's Swift exactly like... what my dad would say. He's like, that's because your dad talked No, about it's it. because it's a really common saying in the duchies. <laughs> in the duchies. <laughs> the duchies. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I feel like where, where the... Live ship books make you want to like become a pirate and sail into the. the these books are like don't. Don't do ever it. get on a boat. Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> this is like the Staten Island ferry <laughs> version. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard them. For, so for for those of you who do not know, if you go to the Staten Island ferry, it is free, but you have to stand around in this horrible like 1980 like what's left over from the 1980s like waiting room all plastic with like windows and it's all filthy and then like a light goes on and the gates open and you literally heard out like cattle herding i did it the last time i was in new york actually when we came up for pride last summer which is like so sad that's the last time i was in new york but yeah I, i just wanted to go and see the statue of liberty and it's a nice free cruise past lady liberty and yeah, and it's a bigger you're, boat, so you don't get as sick, because those little ones... You're will... definitely... I don't have a problem getting sick on boats, but I guess... I do. I don't know. I was meant to live by the sea. But yeah, you definitely feel the most like a cow ever in your life. <laughs> riding on that ferry. It's like, ding! And then the doors open, and you just start running. <laughs> especially, Especially if it's like... Especially if it's like rush hour and it's you and everyone else, because you know there's not that many seats and you don't want to sit right next to someone. And then there's like seats up where the air is, and there's seats where there's, there's no inside air. Inside seats and outside seats. seats, and yeah, it's like it's yeah, like, the auctioneer is yelling. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, they just have somebody on the loudspeaker. It's like when we get to the other side, get off the fucking boat. You have to get off of the boat. <laughs> You're not allowed to stay on and get your ride back. You then have to recattle herd. On the other side, and then yes. wait like another 35-40 minutes, and then you get 
herded back onto another boat, and then you get to go back. New York is great. But if you do come to the, if you do come here and you like baseball, take the Staten Island Ferry to Staten Island and go to one of the baseball games that's right there. You get a lovely view of the city, and you can watch baseball. It's great. You get to watch people hit shit while eating ice cream and nachos. And you might see a seagull. And it might talk and to it you. Might and it steal might steal your, your shit. I could just go to Gloucester and see all of this. <laughs> you could just yes, can you Staten Island, Gloucester, I mean I same. I don't know. Uh, uh uh I don't know what I was gonna say about this. Uh nettle thing. Nettle wasn't in this chapter. Yeah, she was. JK. I I don't even know what I just said. Nettle was in this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I like that she's like, God, why do you suck so bad? Just give me the goddamn cat. You suck at managing this. Well, what sucks is that, like, everything that is happening is not nearly as interesting as what could possibly be going on back at her place where Burrich is, like, come back from the castle where he's clearly been hanging out with the fool and... That's just like a hundred times more interesting. So at least we know the fool's not in jail anymore. He's yeah. free and he's giving away wooden carvings. Wooden carvings, earrings. Pissed at Fitz clearly because he gave away the earrings. Yeah, he's like, you want this? Yeah. Fucking have it. You want this? I don't fucking wear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was Birch's first anyway, but still. And we know that he's truly poor again because he's carving wood. He didn't do that when he was rich. <laughs> That's true. He needs money. Maybe he was in jail until Burrich just spent all the savings that he and Molly had to get him out of jail. Oh, I can't imagine that Keddy would have left him in jail for more than two or three days. That's true. That's true. Hopefully Keddy stepped in. So I definitely think the dragon is real at this point. I feel like it's like a... Well, the people of the Out Islands certainly speak of, of him as if he is Right, real. but that's like, there's a certain level of mythology to that because like nobody's had eyes on him for a long time and they're saying that like he came and they made this promise, but like nobody's actually seen it and... What is this dragon doing? They said, so in the chapter I did, they said that he came to the Out Islands and made a deal so that he could stay there to escape his grief. Whatever that was. Was his grief that there weren't any other dragons and he had nobody to mate with? I think that's a logical conclusion. So now we just need to get Tintaglia up here. Yeah, so that they can (laughs) get it on in the sky. Oh, look, there's Fire one match. <laughs> yeah. Thick still doesn't do boats. Awful. I mean, is at this point, is Thick's misery worth his, like, skill battery strength? I mean, I mean they can't really not... do anything else with him at this point, no. though. He couldn't stay at Zion. Unless he recovers he at all. He's, I mean, he's not really doing anything other than. He also is just miserable. like 
so intent on the fact of like I'm like we're never gonna get back home like this is like the end mm-hmm. of it all it kind of makes me be like oh shit is he right <laughs> like does he know something we don't know <laughs> what is he dreaming about <laughs> Drowning as a kitten. I also thought it was nice that we got like a glimpse of his mother. In yeah, one of but she dreams. was old. And she was old. She was a geriatric she had a long gray beard. Truly. So sad for Thick. He must have been lonely for a very long time. I want to know what Shade is drinking in his morning tea. Meth. Does meth make you good at the skill? I don't know. <laughs> Let's all try it. Our find out. friend, and we were waiting. <laughs> we were waiting for it to come back. I love how we like ten seconds ago we were like, "He's not doing drugs anymore. Look at him go." No, <laughs> no he's microdosing in the morning for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's totally doing drugs. Uh, so this was a travel section. They're on yes. the boat. So let's move into our uh, Everett episode prompts. Friends in high places, character introductions and exits. So we met Riddle. a lot of people in the in the Hetgard. We met Riddle. We've kind of like solidified the idea of a of a wit posse. You know, there's definitely people moving. Like Courage appears to be back on the board. Yeah, exit the fool ish. For now. Yes. It's become an indirect character. Literally a friend in a high place risk doing what birds do. <laughs> <laughs> looking. <laughs> Hard to keep her concentrating to look at ships and not floating trash, but... Yeah. Uh... Skills acquired. This is important. Fitz and company learn and grow what new skills were shown in this section. So Shade is clearly leveling. Mm-hmm. The wit-woo. Wit-woo. The wit-woo. Did we know previously that if you were touching another skill person that you couldn't have walls up against them? I think it makes it much easier to connect with them. They did I mean, that. Makes, when yeah. They were like holding I mean, it makes hands sense. when they're they just healed like, Fitz. Yeah. And that was how they got the fool with their when they touched him and imposed that control over the fool. I just right. couldn't decide if like thick touching him if like he was if it was because they were touching that the walls didn't work or if it's because like thick was so strong in the skill that he like, you know, if somebody else with the both. skill touched Fitz, would he be able to defend himself against? Yeah, I think both. I think that because Thick is very strong and because he's part of the coterie, it's more difficult to block him than it would be like an enemy or someone you didn't know. But, you know, my video game kind of brain is like, all right, so like not a lot is happening plot wise. We're getting some, we're getting some key like dialogue, but we're also seeing our characters get more powerful so that whatever's coming doesn't immediately Bring kill them. For the boss. Don't forget yeah. the potty power. And... Oh, the potty <laughs> power. That's very important. Skill P. Skill, <laughs> skill, skill bladder. Skill bladder. 
Uh, animal assists again. Shout out to Riss. Checking shit out. She's a very beautiful, well-fed bird with very yellow beak, very yellow legs. <laughs> Most beautiful seagull like I've ever seen. Sybil's cat must be miserable. Sybil's cat, who like they're like, yeah, we were just fine, and then they're like, how how's your cat doing? And he just holds up his arm. He just his like nose. lifts his shirt, and his stomach is falling out of his abdomen. He's like, everything's great. <laughs> Fine. I do well. wonder would he would Fitz have left Night Eyes behind if he was still alive, or would he? Have I mean, come Fitz on would have one hundred percent been like, "I am not getting on the boat." So it's me and Lord Golden hanging out. Bye. <laughs> Unless you can figure out how to surf there, I'm not getting on. Yeah, because you know what, Night Eyes, he already had that that trip down the river when he fell off the, you know, when they were going across on the little like pallet thing. Uh-huh. He's done. He's he wasn't getting on water. Yeah. Well, no that's way. why he had to walk from Bingtown. Remember, yeah. <laughs> he had to walk from Bingtown. Not happening. Uh, uh, was the fool there? And how fabulous were they being? Mm. He was. He he was pretty fabulous with the stinky through. Yeah, amazing. I I wish that I could have stayed there. I wish that there could have been some he, scene he changes. He turned out pretty we hard. He's like, I'm talking to a fucking <laughs> manager today, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what Amber did to that guy <laughs> in Bingtown. Remember? Yes. Or, well, no, I guess that was Brashen who demanded to see the manager. Who demanded to see the manager? When they were in the boot, in the, like, the tax office? I think yeah, that was Brashen. Yeah, who was that? Oh, that was, um, Grant, Gren, Gron, Gren, 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 Greg. Greg's dad? Oh, Greg yes, Tenere. it was Greg's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was Captain Tanira, yes. I got there. <laughs> Tommy. His name is Tommy. Tommy, Tommy. Uh, so yes, the fool in jail, but I guess out on bail and giving Brash or Brashen. God damn it. See? See? <laughs> Isn't it easy to just slip into your old ways? It just infected my mind. <laughs> Fitz, Misery the Bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, extremely bad decisions. Oh, well, you know. He was in lurk mode a lot in this yeah. section, so... I feel like his method of getting thick on the boat was a pretty bad decision. I also, yeah. I worry for him mm -hmm. and, like, if other people are going to try to kick his ass because he wasn't able to, like, accomplish that <laughs> task. And now they all think he's weak. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Fitz, though, because, like, it's like, you know, anybody who doesn't have the skill, you know, would be able to do it. But, like, because he has right. the skill, he's just constantly getting, like, screwed over by Fitz's power. Well, maybe it's time he asked Webb for some help and he started Yeah, I'm like, the first Meadow. conversation I had with Webb after that would be like, yo, teach me how to do that. Because obviously yeah. they're going to have to deal with this again and again and probably again. And honestly, why would you leave half your, your, your like skill set just completely undeveloped? Yeah. Because, you know, like. He's so he's stubborn about that shit. It's like, just fucking learn it. Like, why do you have to be such a. He's, he's just subconsciously prejudiced against it. I mean, like. Yeah. Even in this, in one of the chapters, this section, he called it. Uh, like he said that he had tainted dutiful with the wit yeah mm -hmm. 
That's crazy, though. I feel like, I mean, like he needs Night Eyes around to be like, you're a moron, please learn this. Yeah. Right? Well, because Night Eyes would have been like, that was cool, we should learn how to do that. And then Fitz would have been like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Let's figure it out. So somebody needs to make a sock puppet that looks like a wolf. And just like come up to be like, hey, friend, like we should learn how to do that. Webb's got a sock puppet. Looks like Night Eyes is like, hey, Fitz, I think it's time for us to talk. They put a sock over Risk. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a wolf being like Birdie, moving its head around. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that I think that what it, this is the section also where Shade was like, oh. Your wit coterie is going to be around after this mission is over, and Dutiful's like, yeah. yes. Why wouldn't I elevate my wit coterie the same as I elevate you? Like, elevating that magic is the point, right? Like, isn't that that don't they want him to be one as powerful as he can be, but two, to stop this terrible prejudice that's kind of like infected the six duchies, like. Shade has, like, the friendship FOMO situation of, like, he's so concerned of, like, not being close and, like, being pushed aside and, like, you know. He's a control freak, for sure. Yeah. And he hates that that's, like, not a club he can be in. He definitely and has I'm a lot of insecurities about it, and it's super annoying. Yeah, and I'm surprised that he's not pushing Fitz. He can't be part of the Witties. He can't be part of the Profit Catalyst Club. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, all I have is the skill, and that's weak sometimes. So, like, what use am I? But I think that's also why he's not pushing Fitz to join the Witties in some way so that he can control it because yeah. he's afraid that that's yet another tether on Fitz that he can't control. Yeah. Right. When in reality, it's the best way for him to get information from the Witties, but, you know. Whatever. Uh, but did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. Thick thinks he's gonna I'm die. I'm worried about Thick. <laughs> Needs to eat. What do you think made Thick sick? Is it just from sitting out on the, the elements? All night? Yeah, he was out yeah, there for pneumonia. like days. I really the like couldn't figure that out. I was the, reading it like, or the, did he just get like the flu? I think he probably got pneumonia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the dampness, and it, like, seeps in, and it's in his lungs, and he wasn't eating, and he's just, like, aspirating on his own vomit acid. It's not good. Yeah, it's the, like, rapid loss of weight that's also, like, really... I mean, when you get really sick, that shit flies off of your body. Think about it. He didn't eat for days and days and days. Like, your body wears through so fast. Yeah, at least three days. So if it's observed that he hadn't eaten in three days, it was probably a week. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, it's not like he was eating enough he was certainly at a calorie deficit that's right and now he's in the land of fish paste which is like where <laughs> yeah, i'd rather starve i think <laughs> i don't i mean i really like fish but it's certainly not like, I like fish paste fatty like I was gonna say, depends. there's fish and then there's like consolidated congealed fish cakes yeah. and those are different things fish oil have you ever taken a fish oil pill do you know how nasty that shit is no, they're, just, they're just flopping it around like it's fucking molasses. No. That's just... well, I was like, I think that one's supposed to be sweet. <laughs> He's like, alright. That's dessert then. I'll eat that one last. 
and then their wine, the, the wine was like, it was wine. I don't know what the fuck kind of wine. I just thought of Shit's Creek when it's like, what is your wine made of? It's fruit wine. It's like bananas and melons and like, you know. <laughs> I also thought of Schitt's Creek because he definitely made the point to say that it was a fruit yeah. line. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> In the lead of the picturesque ridge lies a small, unpretentious winery. One that can't its fruit like its own babies. <laughs> Herb Schnertliger. Oh. Uh, what made you cry? Burrich. I definitely got choked Burrich. up with the message to Burrich. Yeah. Yeah. That one got me. There's just a lot of emotion there, you know? Again, it's just, I'm so glad that he finally knows. It should have happened for fucking ever ago. He absolutely deserved to know. Absolutely. It's wreaked havoc on him. He's probably aged at like three times the pace because of all the emotions he had about failing fits and letting him die and all this shit. And chivalry and patience. And like, you know, it's like he, he he was definitely hurt. So, you know, wounded by the fact that Fitz... Which then went into how he treated Swift when he found out he had the wit, too. Exactly. Like, if if Fitz had, had... If he knew that Fitz was alive, then maybe Swift wouldn't have had it as hard. And he would have also, you know, been able to approach someone like Fitz on, the, on a better terms. Fashions from Jamalia Bingtown as love, y'all. <laughs> So it seems like the men wear leathers and the women get to wear furs. So that's that's really all I got. And like lots of animal insignia. Lots of animal motifs. Yeah. Yes. So I was thinking, what if we were like what what would our animal be? Are we like are we like a definitely ferret? Is that our You were the ferret clan? I could only hope so. Yeah. Be so badass. Because <laughs> we could be cute and gentle. <laughs> Our primary food group would be raisins. <laughs> I love raisins. Raisinets are one of my favorite candies. Our wine would be made from actual grapes. <laughs> As it should be. Indeed. Oh, yes. The premier winery of Oz Love Y'all. It's just water. Uh, <laughs> With some fish oil. <laughs> right in there. It's a cocktail. Joey isn't here, so we have to do Did Fitz Fits It for him. Uh, I mean, he doesn't know how to, like, make friends or, you know. Or console people or. <laughs> I think he was, you know, peak Fitz in this section, you know. Keeping stuff to himself that he shouldn't. And I mean, I do have to not credit, but like at least he like told Birch, so yeah, that's true. He did tell Birch, but I think that was more about his own ego where he was like, Fine, I give up, I want him to know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I refuse to believe that he had no choice, suspect, that that was but... his only bargaining chip he could have used with his daughter. Yeah, like, yeah, because he, he could have been like, The queen wants you to, or like, you know, like, you have this, like, oh, here's a reason. <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah, you have the skill. We could teach you about the school. We could teach you how to make even better dreams. Did you guys notice in one of the chapters it was talking about her and she had on red skirts? Yeah, I did notice. Yes. 
Like, the only thing from Molly we get. Her daughter I also don't like wears that. a red I think skirt. I blocked that out just because that's like, like that's like a hotness factor for Fitz. So I, oh, you I thought it was creepy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, where he's like, yeah, those red skirts. It's like, ooh. Um, cool, great. Okay, anything else? Are we done? I think we're done. Alright, next up is going to be Fool's Fate, chapters 10 through 14. This has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at buckyradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. We might. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa and I'm on the internet at alyssamainer.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Fray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. And I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. Okay, next up is spoiler section. We did it! section i have i want to talk about krill cop but if anyone has any other topics um i well i'm past it now because i'm let's see what page am i on well let's see ice fire just got free and then the pale woman's dragon started coming out oh god (laughs) so you mean you mean doughboy Um, Boy Dragon. I was since we were talking about Sybil and <laughs> Ashley is all Sybil's fine now, right? I did, you know, of course, get to the full on like gay panic section. Oh, fucking Sybil, <laughs> which is terrible. I hate Sybil. He's just like, I knew it, and they're just like, oh my god, please go away. Yeah, he's, he fucking sucks. Um, oh, well, okay, so before we move into that, what about, are, are we going to do torture trigger warnings? Do you think we should? I think we should. I'm, I think I'm leaning towards yes, but I don't know if it's a spoiler to be like, <laughs> someone's getting tortured. <laughs> I think we should do it. I don't think that's a spoiler if we say someone's okay. getting tortured. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it as vague. <laughs> it's gonna I be mean, torture. Is it, is it trigger warnings for the podcast, or is it trigger warnings for? I mean, or for Ashley? Well, so usually when we do them, I give them when I assign the next section of reading. I say, by the oh, way, this is going to happen, so we would know. Because um, I'm like, there's like a certain level of body horror, and like I've read it so many times that I am now kind of immune to it, and I think some of it's even beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't but bothered by it, but the, the peeling the skin up off of the some people when in doubt, let's just do it. We're not yeah. hurting anyone by doing it. Okay, cool. So we'll do that. Um, I haven't got. I just, I just got to the hanging him on the wall part. <sighs> yeah, that part's not so great either. <laughs> and then she's all like, "Oh, yeah, that's just, 
she's all naked and like, ugh. I just, that whole scene it's a rough section. Fucking. Um, okay. And can we talk about Prokop then? Yes. So Prokop is, is Hoquin. Yes or no? Oh, no. I, I never thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I've never oh. thought about that before. Oh, oh my god. Really? Huh. I I always thought that Prokop was Hoquin only because I always thought that Prokop was an asshole. <laughs> so. He, I mean, he's got very particular <laughs> beliefs that seem to be somewhat right. counter from uh, the fool, at least. Mm-hmm. We just need to wait to see if he starts talking about, like, wild eyes and rabbits I don't know if he does because he like half the time he's not speaking in like a language that Fitz can understand so we don't get like direct so he might be is what you're saying <laughs> I just feel like why is he exiled why is he you know it's like he lives on this island you know he, he's like oh well I had to like take myself out of the equation and like that whole thing I'm just like what what are you fucking talking about I don't know I just I think that Prokop is bad news. Because Prokop is from that, like, system. And I thought the whole point was to break the system. I don't know. He may have been so long ago that it wasn't as corrupt as it is now. Also, Maybe, also... but then, of course, the tales of Hoquin are, like... If he is Hoquin, then, like, the tales of Hoquin are, like, not... Yeah, they're not great. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... The fact that he's changing color seems to indicate that he was he was doing what he was supposed to do, right? Because, like, the pale I woman mean, never doing, changes color. Fool changes correct. color. Correct. And doing what, you're, doing what you're supposed to do doesn't necessarily mean that you are getting to the outcome that you want. Right? Like, I think we're talking about prophecies, self-fulfilling proph prophecies sometimes. And I get that, like, the power of the prophet is that they're supposed to be able to some, somewhat steer themselves towards the visions that they see. But, and this goes back to something I said in another episode, it, it, the fool wouldn't have a job if the other, if those that had gone before had done what they were, had, had gotten that, like, they had different motivations. They had different goals. So, like, their goal was to get to the world to a point where the fool could exist. Not necessarily, the, that's not necessarily the same outcome as what the fool wants. I guess I always interpreted it sense. as you, if you do your job right, like a chain. it, like, pushes the world ever so slightly in a better direction. And then you've just got all of these white prophets in a row that have a chance to push it in the right direction or push it in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think I think I, I the first time I kind of read through, I thought of that too, where it's just like each of them is is moving things incrementally. But then that means that if one fails, the next just needs to do their job extra hard, or like we just have to wait longer. And I I don't know if that's dire enough. I feel like there's only one chance, and everything has to go right for that one last part, which would be the fool to be able to do what they need to do. And if any of the priors had failed, 
that's kind of how I feel about the, the dragons, where it's like they only had one chance. Like they were in the sea and they only had one more summer. Otherwise, they were going to forget their... You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like... The, I feel like it ratchets up the tension to be like... I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. This is my own. But it ratchets up the tension to think that, like, all of those all those prophets that had come before were necessary, but not necessarily working towards that one goal because they've been co-opted by the school to do whatever they want. Which is clearly not dragons. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I just don't like Proko. Don't trust him. It de definitely no, does seem like if the fool had screwed up in the first trilogy shit would be pretty fucking awful. Well, Fitz would be dead. Fitz would have died like nine times. Which means Paragon wouldn't have come through, which means all of that would have been bad. Which means no dragons. Catrican would have died. The Out Islands would have, like the Raiders would have taken over. The pale woman. Here's the here's my question about the pale woman. If she had actually managed to do anything, because clearly she's like doing stuff, like she's affecting the future with raw bread. So maybe, maybe like she's really like the idea of like a false prophet is like she would have never changed color anyway. Like she's succeeding at fucking around, but that is neither here nor there. Like she's not the prophet, so she wouldn't change color. Mm hmm. Not that she was kept failing, and that's why she hasn't changed color. But I don't, I don't know. Like I don't. It's it's difficult to like parse all of that mythology because it is clearly not. I kind of thought it was like if you're like a competition thing. I don't know if this is a product of art school or what, and I'm projecting. <laughs> but like, if your prophecies come true, you change and get darker. Yeah, that's kind of I think what I thought too. But isn't her prophecy, like, wouldn't, like, does she only have one? Like, the fool had many. So, like, the pale woman doesn't change at all, even though she managed to enslave Keeble Rawbread and start the Red Ship War and, like, move all those pieces? Yeah, but I don't think her prophecies are true. Like, just because she's doing, like, I don't, I don't know if she's interpreting them correctly or something. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I think that she's false- completely like i don't think it i don't think it matters if she succeeds or fails like well but i don't think she's the not prophecies having real prophecies she's, well yeah i don't so it doesn't matter if she succeeds or fails at her false prophecies because they're never they were never true to begin with but Whereas, if she stops the fool does she then does then that action move move the future to a point where she becomes the real prophet i don't think so I think he just fails. And she was just a tool of fate. A boss. I guess. I like to think that she would have the ability to, like, actually level up and become, and, like, get promoted and become, like, that eons prophet. That's her motivation. She just wants to get rid of the fools well, so she can be the white prophet. Well, like, isn't that her motivation? That she was told, you are the white prophet of this age, and you have to do what you dream, and so she's trying to do that? 
Like, even though she's insane. Well, yeah, but... Like, if she could just raise her kill-to-death ratio enough, she would be higher than the fool, and then she'd change color. Right. And she would be. Right. She would like, have the title just... then, and he would have to take a back seat. Right, like, if she managed to actually kill Fitz, let alone, like, you know, then she would, she'd be like, hi, I win. And then she, like, the power would flip to her, and then she'd, like, peel. <laughs> Except she Lovely. doesn't think that that's... <laughs> That's like the right thing. I don't know. These are all just because she tells Fitz fine. that like, oh, if you are a true white prophet, you stay white the whole time. Well, she says that, but that's clearly a lie that yeah. the well, that I know, told but... her. Yeah. I mean, because the last one was Prilcop, right? And Prilcop is old as fuck. Prilcop was been there since there were dragons, right? Yeah, he's oh, char burned. Or freezer burn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Crease. This is why I think that there is a, a ripe uh, field out there for for extras. You know, like you don't have to write more for us, Hob, but like pull a complete George Martin. Give us an encyclopedia, or like go Brandon Sanderson and like get in on that wiki action. Like I want to know what shit means. Break down the magic system for me. Give me that. The is so spare. <laughs> well, that's because we don't. We have no idea. We can, you can only put something that you know is canon, and the rest of it, we're all just like, I don't know. I was canon? just like, what are Molly and Burge's children's names? <laughs> <laughs> you get to a wiki article that says it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I just wanted to. I know. was going to say I really don't care. <laughs> but... I have nothing else to say. We're good for spoilers? Yeah. I'm good. Good? Alright. Okay, heading stop. This drawing. Okay, bye. Skip.